What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the final four. It's not on the schedule. He is Rod. I am Cameron. Michigan State goes down to Rutgers, sixty-three to eighty-four, um, and it wasn't great in the first half uh but at least they were within shouting distance they're only down two at halftime and then this thing just completely spun out of control on defense for the michigan state uh and they wind up just getting blown out of this game rod i i don't know what was worse uh but certainly the perimeter defense was terrible i mean mckay was in the lane all day and they had to help out on defense and uh, omaruri got well, I don't know, seven dunks, easy, no contested dunks in this one. Yeah, I, I think wow. that um, it was for the first, say, 26, 27 minutes, Rutgers hit shots they have not hit all year. Yeah. I, and I mean that literally all year. We went through it in the preview. This is not a, this is a bad shooting team, really bad. And they were great. They just hit shots. Shots, as I said, Dean Reber, two for four from three on the season. He was two for three today. Couldn't miss. This is a guy yeah. who doesn't play much. So it, it started out that way. And then I'd say over, over the back stretch of the game, the last 13 minutes or so, somewhere in there, the defense collapsed, and Mulcahy just sliced them up. Uh, they didn't have any, but I but I will say this: even when I thought Michigan State was playing better defensively overall, they really never had an answer for Mulcahy. No. They tried different guys on him, um, and he was great. It's easily, and I'm a fan of his. I've talked about him since he was a freshman. I mentioned in our preview what's hurt him this year is he shot the ball pretty miserably. He had been showing a tendency to improve with the jumper, and then this year he hadn't been very good. Um, but he does other things well. So he's a good playmaker, you know, does does those things. Um, today he had the game of his career. I mean, that's the game of his life. He's never mm-hmm. had a better game. Not even close, I would suggest. I mean, you might say the 31 against Northwestern, in their most recent game, but I, I think given the opposition and the the playmaking, this is a better game than that. Um, but that was really the key to putting the hammer down in this one. I think I think Rutgers hitting shots they have no business hitting was part of what got them out to a, a nice working margin, and then. MSU just having no interest in defending at a certain point, just put the final nail in their coffin and led to the blowout. Mm-hmm. It was disappointing to see. Um, you know, the, the, they're just, there's basically one thing 
to be pleased about, and that's Gabe Brown. Other than that, yeah, just not not the kind of day you want. But, you know, we talked about it going into this week. People look at the standings, and they look at the net, and they say, oh, that Maryland, that Rutgers, easy week, get two road wins. Doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And and I thought oh, the bottom line was you can you can talk and we will talk about the numbers and all of that, but I think the bottom line in this one was something we did talk about in the preview. You knew Rutgers was going to come in in front of their home crowd and play extremely hard and with a lot of physicality. Yeah, and I don't think Michigan State came close to matching that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean guys that I think are pretty physical players, Malik Hall knocked around all day long knocked around that's a mentality that is not a physical issue that is a mentality michigan state did not have the requisite amount of fight in them today to compete in this game that i think you can reduce it to that because that that can spin out into explaining a lot of what we saw like we're talking about the Mm -hmm. lack of ability to keep them out of the lane um, not contesting at the rim, not finishing plays offensively. I mean, on the one hand, you could say when when you get fouled at the rim, you know, it's not necessarily your fault if you don't finish. But you got to finish some of those. Michigan State wasn't finishing through contact at the rim. I mean, just every way you rebounding, every way you chart it, they failed. Mm-hmm. That's just how it was. Yeah, uh, and I think Tyson Walker's foul trouble in this one hurt him because Hogard was in there and getting torched by Mulcahy and the offense was slogged down for a good portion of the game. Yeah. And yeah. I, it just seems like if I, – I know they tried they they tried Hall on Mulcahy, they tried Max, but maybe Walker would have been the best. I don't know. I don't know. At least he'd no, have been because... fast enough to keep him from – getting in there maybe, like. maybe but the problem is Mulcahy's six six and he was that's the best i have ever seen him use his size yeah yeah i don't i i don't know man i i i think there are look should max christie malik call and even aj hogard be able to do a far better job on him than they did yes yeah yeah you know those guys physically are put together well enough that they they should be able to hang in there with them. But no, I actually don't think that Tyson Walker, at least defensively, was the answer. Now you could play around. Michigan State has a size in that starting lineup. You could have Tyson Walker guard Geo Baker, and it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I don't think he was the answer against Mulcahy because uh, just physically, Mulcahy was swallowing up guys bigger than him. Yeah. Today. So what would have happened with us, you know, giving away six inches? I don't, I'm just uh, reaching I, I for, think... for <laughs> answers because they, I mean, yeah, it looked like Michigan State was everybody. surgery. Yeah, even Pierre everybody. Brooks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, Pierre Brooks might have done the best job on him. It was limited minutes, but he, I don't think he got beat. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm misremembering, but yeah, it's look on a day like that where a guy just rips through everybody. Yeah, you're left looking for answers but i i don't think it's about oh we didn't we didn't try the right guy mm-hmm. i think it's that the guys you have that are supposed to be able to do that job didn't do the job and and made it way too easy that's the thing they just they gave up ground they gave up territory to mulcahy and made life very very easy for him mm-hmm. you can't do that 
you have to that's what I mean by the word fight they can fight him you know and and uh, that's the tr- that's the long and the short of it I think is that physically Michigan State needed to fight a lot harder than they did to keep him out of the out of the spots on the floor that he was getting to yeah you know even if you um, had to foul him you know right well that's I mean... what I mean ring his bell let him know you're there he didn't he didn't have to play this was a very easy game for Paul Mulcahy and I, and I give him credit he played extremely well but Michigan State did not make that game hard for him at all no not at all and and this is what happens you don't make the game hard you know we've seen this <laughs> here's a number for you up until today no opponent had broken the 50 percent mark from the floor against Michigan State Nobody, not even Baylor. Baylor was the closest. They were like 49 and change. What do you think Rutgers shot? Who's among the worst shooting teams they've played this year? Rutgers broke 60% from the floor. And, and early, I will give Michigan State the first half and maybe the first few minutes of the second, I will give Michigan State a little bit of a pass because a lot of that was Rutgers hitting shots. As I said, they don't hit. Mm-hmm. And yet they were hitting them. I mean, I think Caleb McConnell hit a couple of threes. That guy's never been able to shoot. Never. You beg him to take shots, and he hit a couple. So that, some of that happened. But yeah. then they let that get to them mentally to the point they just stopped playing defense. And then at that stage, it was just Mulcahy driving in, and as you say, hitting uh, uh, Amore for umpteen dunks six for six and i think they were all dunks from mckay yeah that was that was just it was disgraceful so a little bit of both but the second part the lack of fight was the discouraging part you know that's that's what you know we go back to that road loss at illinois michigan state fought in Mm -hmm. that game they came up a little short but they fought they didn't fight today yeah not after a certain point well, the one guy that you can feel good about, Gabe Brown, 20 points, six for seven uh, from three, five <laughs> rebounds and assist. Um, did have three turnovers, though. I'll ask you. Well, one of them was a horrendous call. The call oh, where yeah, they, on the they side stepped out of bounds. Yeah. They yeah, only replayed just, that once, but that was clearly not. Clearly out. not out of bounds. Right. And the guy is right there looking at it and still makes the call. It's uh. I, it's far from an excuse for what we saw, but not a banner day for Big Ten officials. On the other hand, you expect that on the road. I, I do think that Rutgers got certainly got the benefit of the doubt in terms of um, physical play around the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan State got called for some stuff that Rutgers did. The play that Izzo got teed up on clearly a foul. And I, you know, and I don't want to dwell on the broadcast team, but that's I, Donnie Marshall's always been kind of a dope. I've never heard of uh, this play-by-play guy Dave Sims before, but wow, I don't need to hear those two again. <laughs> Awful. And and what I mean by that is that they they look at the replay on that one. Clearly, clearly contact with the body. You couldn't say it wasn't maintaining verticality. It's Harper comes into Christie. And, and smacks him. That's what he does. Leading to the missed shot. 
And what does what does Donnie Marshall say? Oh, I don't see anything. It's tough to make these calls. That's a foul. Mm-hmm. It's an obvious foul. Just call what you're seeing. You played the goddamn game. Say what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just a bad day all around. One I think we'd all like to forget. But um, Izzo, Izzo was absolutely right to complain about that one. But anyway, getting back to Gabe. It's the only good thing to come out of this. The shame of it is it comes in. A, if I had told you before the game, Gabe's going to go six for seven from three. Yeah, what odds would you given me that Michigan State wins, right? And, and he kept, look, the fact that they were in it at the half was down to what Gabe did shooting the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, the, he was the main reason they were in it. It wasn't like they had anything else really going. Um, but he had, yeah, he had a really nice day shooting. Good to see him bust through that slump. Now the key is going to be maintain this because they need this Gabe Brown shooting the ball. At least they need this Gabe Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christie, six points, one rebound, four assists, two for ten, two for eight from three. He got off to a good start, I thought, and then just, yeah, just not, you know, one of countless guys that just didn't, couldn't get anything to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not much more to say. Uh, and Bingham, 21 minutes, 12 points, four rebounds, five for eight, um, two blocks, a steal. You know, Marky was okay. Um, I, I don't think he played with enough toughness inside either, but at least he did some things offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a, not a great day. It was an okay day. Uh, not much from Hauser, 18 minutes, three points, two rebounds and assist. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He had, he had problems. You know, it's funny because the Mulcahy show kind of obscured. I don't know. What did Ron Harper end up with? 17. Yeah. So Ron Harper, I think Ron Harper, actually, it was another example of what I talked about in the pregame, although this time I can't blame them because they had so many other things going. But once again, Rutgers didn't get Ron Harper enough shots. I saw no indication that Michigan State had an answer for Ron Harper. And unlike with Mulcahy, I can kind of understand it. Because when Ron Harper has it going, he is as tough a cover as there is in this conference. I mean, he's just, you, you saw it today, you know, he's when he's got the jumper falling, as he has most of this season, very difficult to contain. Because if you come out and, and play up on him, he's got a good enough handle to go past you, and then he's got that body. Mm-hmm. And you saw him finish through contact several times today. Joey was one of a Neither he nor Malik had a chance yeah. today guarding him. They need to come with a lot more fire. The Joey that played against um, Dickinson maybe has a chance mm-hmm. to guard Ron Harper. This Joey Hauser, nope. Uh, Tyson Walker, 17 minutes, 9 points, a rebound, an assist. Did hit a 3 uh, and a steal. Yeah, you know, my, my problem, my main problem with Tyson was um, – just the the bad decision, which we've seen a couple of times from him this year. Not a lot, but a couple of times where he's been in foul trouble and he's out there playing in foul trouble and he just does something dumb. In this case, it was just a low percentage attempt at a steal, 30 feet from the basket. It's never, there's no reason when you've been inserted in the game, you know, people, 
people like to complain about all oh, the auto bench when guys have two fouls and coaches sit them. Mm-hmm. Love to bitch about it. And there's statistical analysis that, you know, it, in relation to certain guys at least, can indicate that you're handicapping yourself as a coach because those are minutes you don't get back with them not being on the floor. I, I understand all of that. On the other hand, there are lots of situations where a coach knows his players better than anybody else does. And he knows what the likelihood is, whether it be because of their mentality, whether it be because of the way the game's being called, whatever it is, he knows the likelihood of that player getting the third foul is, in his view, high and opts not to play them. In this case, Izzo played him. Mm -hmm. He trusted him, and he was not rewarded for his trust. It was a very bad decision. So to me... That's the kind of thing it's, – it's hard seeing it from anybody. It's really hard seeing it from a point guard because that's supposed to be your brains of the operation. Yeah. And it was just – it was a dumb play. It was a dumb decision, mm-hmm. something you can't have. Now, you could say, well, he's trying to be aggressive. Okay, but, but you've got to play with smart aggression. Not, yeah, you not... sort, I mean, you sort of lose that luxury after the first two. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly right. You lose the luxury of taking chances and taking risks because you can't afford it until you get to the second half, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so that was the thing I was disappointed in most uh, by Tyson. Yeah. Um, Malik Hall, 25 minutes, four points, no rebounds, one assist. Wor- maybe the worst game of the season from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one game. Look, I, I've, I've seen great players at Michigan State, better players than Malik Hall have have days like this so it does not change my opinion of what malik hall can be or even what he is but the fact of the matter is he was bad today he didn't do anything well he was defensively harper abused him mulcahy abused him i didn't see malik guard anybody well Mm -hmm. offensively i thought you know Rutgers had a good game plan for his in the lane stuff and and his and his post activity, you know, the stuff that he's been having a lot of success with lately. Give them credit; they scouted it well, and their players. I mean, there was one obvious example where Mulcahy came down and tied him up. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a nice example of scouting, and, and a player who executed a, a scout well. But uh, you know, Malik's just got, Malik contributed to some of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just was not his day in any respect. No. Uh, AJ had 23 minutes, five points, four rebounds, five assists. He was two for seven from the floor. Uh, did hit a three, only one turnover. Yeah, I mean, those those numbers, I think, uh, flatter his performance because they're not bad numbers. The assist-to-turnover yeah. ratio isn't terrible. He scored a little bit, but... I didn't like AJ's game today. I don't think if you watch that game, you came away from it feeling like he played well. Mm-hmm. No. Um, yeah. Some I, bad I just, shot selection. Bad shot selection. And and uh, defensively, he was one of many guys who just was not up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this wasn't an example like in the last game where he's guarding Fats Russell. And you're like, okay, physically, he's just not a good matchup for this guy. This guy's so quick. You give him problem. He, he AJ ought to be able to guard Paul Mulcahy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should be able to. And again, we talked about this. There wasn't really much transition 
game for Michigan State, which is uh, usually where he shines. So. Right, and and that's that's true. But you know, <laughs> I, that can't really be an excuse for AJ either, because the fact of the matter is, you know, coming in in the Big Ten, it is going to be hard mm-hmm. to get transition play going. You know, on a consistent basis, you'll have the odd game where it happens, but it's not going to happen frequently. Um, he's got to find ways. And he, there were, there were some plays he made on a couple of occasions in the half court where he made a nice play finding someone, but just far, far too little of it. And I, and I really thought where Michigan state where it shocked me, where they struggled in the first half. And I put a lot of it on him because he's the point guard is against the zones that Rutgers was running. Mm-hmm. That was just terrible. They couldn't get into their offense. They couldn't get organized. And then they struggled to execute. And, you know, again, you could say, well, you're putting too much on one guy, but he's the goddamn point guard. Mm-hmm. It's his job, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I don't think this was a good day for AJ. Yeah. He could join everybody else other than Gabe and maybe Marky mm-hmm. in saying that. <laughs> uh, Marble, 12 minutes, four points, uh, one assist, no rebounds, one for three. Hit a couple from the line. Yeah, no rebounds. Yeah. Thanks. Next. <laughs> Pierre Brooks, seven minutes, one rebound. This is the first time I've like seen the way some minutes. He played. You know, he he missed a couple shots, but I don't care. He came out there and he played hard, and the rebound he got was a nice rebound. Mm-hmm. Something Michigan State could have used a lot more up today. Yeah. So I was glad to see him get rewarded with some minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Aiken, six minutes, one assist. Yeah, just, just a, and, and weird too, because most of the time we end up saying, even if he's not, you know, productive in accounting stats way that his energy impacts a game that did not happen today. Mm-hmm. He just was not, you know, and again, it wasn't just him. It was a lot of people, but, uh, he just didn't make those kind of plays that, that you stand up and take notice, go, Oh, okay. Jaden Akins is at a different level athletically and his motor and, you know, all those ways that we've gotten comfortable with, with, uh, seeing him be a factor when he plays, uh, Mm -hmm. that didn't happen today. Uh, and then Madi got in there for three minutes, had one block. Yeah. Garbage time for Madi. Really? (laughs) Unusual because, he didn't get those minutes that we've been seeing him get in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have to. I guess they didn't have foul trouble to worry about. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't get those those minutes. Yeah. Uh, so the first key was threes. Hey, forty six percent for Michigan State. Yeah. Eleven for twenty four. I, I I said they'd get a lot of them, and they did. Because that wasn't a result, really. That number isn't a result of oh, they're trying to come back and they're just tossing them up. I mean, they shot a lot. They got a lot of three looks the whole game, mm-hmm. you know, and they hit a lot of them. If you told me that was going to be the performance, I would have thought Michigan State. Because that's the thing. When I when I think about the ways that this thing could have gone wrong, the way it actually unfolded was a very low percentage outcome. Yeah. You know, if you told me, well, they're going to shoot threes that well, Gabe's going to be that hot. They wouldn't be catastrophic in turnovers. I would have thought, okay, 
pretty good shot to win it. So they, they get a check mark in that area, a lot of it down to Gabe, but, you know, other people chimed in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was not the reason. Yeah. Uh, the second key, defensive rebounding. Boy, Rutgers had about a 50% offensive rebounding rate in this one. Yeah, it, it I didn't feel like it was that bad in the first half, but yikes. Just yeah, you can't Well, they shot so us. well too. I mean, I mean Right. There were but 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 so what? Yeah. I mean, you measure it based on a percentage, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. They they didn't miss a lot of shots. So what that tells you is the fallacy as much as anything is the fallacy of relying on the counting number as telling the story. What was yeah. their what was their total offensive rebounds? Like ten. But they only missed Which, twenty right. shots. Normally normally right. You would look at ten and say, well, okay, not great, but not a disaster. But given they didn't miss very many shots, it was pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were just um you know, they Izzo said they they ran the war drill and, you know, all the old staples. I don't know what it's going to take, but this group has got to figure it out because uh, there are at least a couple of games left, Illinois and Purdue for sure, and I haven't looked at everybody else, but those two for sure where you've got teams that will absolutely attack the offensive boards. And once again, I will note for the record, Rutgers, not a great offensive rebounding team on the season. No, so I mean, once again got tattooed by a team that's not particularly strong in that area, and who was definitely prioritizing floor balance, getting back. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't like they were just going crazy kamikaze four to the boards. You know, I mean, McCon- I don't know what it's going to take. McConnell with with nine rebounds really hurts. Should you. never happen. Should never happen. Terrible uh, turnovers. I got 13 for Michigan State, 9 for Rutgers. Yeah, it, the, the broadcasters spent a lot of time talking about it, but, you know, they were dope. So we could, I mean, most of it came put that at the aside. end after it was already yeah, over. I, I did not think turnovers were the story of this game at all. Mm-hmm. Not, not even remotely. The story of this game was uh, Michigan State's inability to stop Rutgers from scoring. Mm-hmm. Period. That's really it. Yeah, and that's the the fourth key, physicality. Yeah, that's total it. failure. Yeah. Total failure. Got punked. And it's it's really the first time I've felt that way this season. Mm-hmm. I thought even in the other losses, you know, against Kansas, against Baylor, against Northwestern, definitely against Illinois, I thought Michigan State still showed up physically. They played hard. They met. They met force with force, you know. They, sometimes you just come up short. This was one where they just, especially as the game wore on, it was, it was more and more of a Roberto Duran, Duran no boss kind of scenario mm-hmm. from my viewpoint. Where at a certain point, Michigan State just decided, okay, we've had enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fifth key, I guess, is a check mark. Gabe Brown, twenty points, six for yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. That's the one bit of good news is that if it's sustained, you know, he's got to come out and continue to shoot well. He doesn't have to be six for seven every night, but he's got to be, 
he's got to be the guy that he has been most of the season and for his career, frankly. Mm. Um, so it was good to see that happening. Um, got to continue, but a positive step for him on an otherwise miserable afternoon. Yeah. Is this kind of one of the reasons, um, you know, we've talked about Michigan state, not really having that perimeter lockdown guy like they've had in the past. Did it finally show up in this? I mean, did like to say, well, maybe we'll put Gabe on Mulcahy or we'll put, you know, there just didn't seem to be an answer on the perimeter. Yeah. uh, Although Gabe didn't really guard Mulcahy a lot. No, he was one guy who didn't. Is that, Uh, it was maybe by design to, to, to get Gabe, you know, don't, don't give him so much assignments on defense so that he can. I don't know, because he's been he's had hard hard assignments and actually he's been playing pretty well defensively even through this slump. He's if you look at the guys he's guarded, yeah. You look at what Eli Brooks did for Michigan, um, you look at the Illinois perimeter guys, none of them really got loose. Mm-hmm. Um uh Maryland, but their perimeter guys didn't get loose. You know, Ayala didn't have a great game, uh um the other kid uh, didn't have a didn't have a great game shooting. So, no, I don't think it's that. Um, I, I don't I don't know about Gabe. You know, the only thing you would say about it, and maybe maybe it would have been an option, is the one thing Gabe brains is length, and maybe you would hope that would interfere with Mulcahy's vision a little better than everybody else they tried on him. But uh, I don't know. I mean, this is this has been with. Very few exceptions. We can we can maybe point to about four or five games where the D and this this being the worst, where the defense has not shown up. This has been a pretty consistent defensive team, mm-hmm. and so I, I hear you on that. But but then I look at it and I think, should you really need a lockdown defender to guard Paul Mulcahy? <laughs> and I'm not knocking. I yeah. I, as I said, I've been. I feel like I've been a bigger fan of his than most people around the big 10 are i he's a good player and the things he did today are the things that i've always, I, I remember saying before last season if Rutgers wants to really be legit and improve their offense they need to hand the keys to mulcahy mm-hmm. I, I remember saying it clearly because i felt it and and you saw why i mean he's he's got really good vision he's got instincts um he's got that size which helps him see the floor he does a lot of things well but 15 and 12 assists? No. That should not happen. Mm-hmm. Not when you're Michigan State. And it shouldn't require having Travis Walton on the roster. Yeah. In my yeah. view. It, it shouldn't. You know, they've got guys who, all the guys who were guarding him should be capable of guarding him. And I don't just mean, well, their physical stats, you know, their height, weight, athleticism say they should be. I mean, based on what we know them to be as defensive players. Mm-hmm. Malik Hall can't guard Paul Mulcahy. Come on, get out of here with that. But he couldn't today. Yeah. You know, Hogard has been pretty decent defensively this year. And Mulcahy is not physically the kind of guy with tools where it should be a problem for AJ, where you just say, okay, physically, he may not be up to this. I said that a, a while back, you know, where it, like in the Maryland game, that was an issue. Him mm-hmm. guarding Fats Russell, that's not a good matchup physically. But in, in Mulcahy, no, he should be able to hang in there with him. You know, um, Max, Max has guarded better players than Mulcahy, better than he did today. 
So I, I hear you on that. It's always nice to have that option, but I don't think that's the problem in yeah. this one. I think it was guys who should be able to do the job against that player not doing the job. I mean, at some point, do you have to say to Marky, look, you can't help out on, on Mulcahy anymore. I mean, um, would you well, take your chances with Mulcahy trying to get all the way to the rim? Because it just seemed like, man, Marky would. Yeah. I mean, he was forced to come out and help. I understand it, you know. Well, it wasn't just him. Yeah, there, you know, Marble was in there. There were other guys too. But I, I hear you on that. I, but I think at that point, instead of giving up a dunk, you were going to be giving up layups mm. because they they showed no ability to stop Mulcahy around the rim either. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it where it starts is is what you were talking about at the outset. I think which is you have to keep him out of the lane to begin with. Like yeah. that's where it begins. If you can't do that, you're going to have problems no matter what else you try to do. There are no good answers left at the point that he's living in the lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I, I just it doesn't. I just we haven't seen this perimeter group get torched so bad like no, this yet. No, and it, no, and it's, I, I, they, there have been points where they've been less impressive. There were, there were definitely points, uh, the Kansas game, but that's the first yeah. game of the year. Um, there was that stretch at the beginning of the return to big 10 play in early January of a few games where I didn't think they guarded the perimeter very well. Yeah. Um, gave up a lot of penetration, even in some wins against Minnesota Northwestern and Evanston, Penn State, even Nebraska, even in some of those wins, I don't think they were great guarding the perimeter. But then lately, they've been much, much better. You know, I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, they they were great in Madison. They were great against Michigan. They were pretty damn good against Illinois. I know they lost the game, but you look at those numbers. You look at the way that game unfolded. That game was mostly about offense. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the defense was bad there. So, you know, I, I'm not ready to panic. Again, I've seen better teams than this one have flameouts very similar to this game <laughs> yeah. past on the road. So you don't lose your mind over it. But, you know, it's it's something they need to address. They better be a lot better come Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. You know, Wisconsin probably won't. That's that's the thing I was going to say. Wisconsin probably won't test you the same way. But did, did Mulcahy not remind you? He did me the way he was playing. It reminded me as much as anything else of vintage Bo Ryan guards. Yeah, except, with the inverted. Except, yeah. Yeah, except that I don't remember those guys even getting in the lane at will like that. That usually came mostly via post-ups. Um, but that was some sad, sad stuff. But yeah, um, you'd think a guy troubling. who's big enough to invert you in the lane isn't also going to be fast enough to blow by you. <laughs> no, and and that's that's what I mean by no resistance. You know, he he got past them. I mean, there were a lot of plays in that game. I remember being struck by one moment where I can't even remember how the play ended, but it it was watching Max Christie just trailing him. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why are you trailing him? There's no world where Max Christie should be b- running behind Paul Mulcahy. 
you know, athletically. There's just no world like that. But mm-hmm. I saw it. Yeah. So. Well, they got a few days to uh, erase this one from their memory, and then they got uh, Wisconsin at home. Uh, yeah. 7 o'clock Tuesday. Big game, obviously, if it needed saying. Um, Wisconsin, uh, one of the teams in that upper tier, along with, you know, Michigan State now is along with Purdue and Wisconsin and Ohio State, all a game back of Illinois in the loss column. Illinois with a big win today at Indiana. And right now, you know, they're, they're in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a that's a big big win. I one I didn't think they'd get. I thought Indiana would take them at home. So for both Michigan State and Wisconsin, this is a big one. Wisconsin obviously has the motivation to get smacked around in Madison mm-hmm. by MSU. Uh, they'll have Tyler Wall, who they did not have in the first game. That will be an important difference because if you remember, they really got worn out by Malik Hall. And, yeah. and Wall is a guy who would be an answer at the defensive end and would also put a lot more pressure on MSU offensively. Um, but, but again, it's at home, and mm-hmm. I don't think Wisconsin's a great team. I think they're a good team. That's one, if you're good, you ought to get it. Yeah. And they, they definitely are going to need a bounce back to get the bad taste of this one out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll get the preview up for that one. Uh, Until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.